And a name on the front is a hell of a lot more important than the one in the back. Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. Well, cut sap. First try. Why so serious? He's a fast killer. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. I'm freaking pumped. I've been drinking green tea all goddamn day. I don't know. I have a bad feeling about this. Hello, everybody. You are listening to the Good Day for a Movie Podcast, brought to you by GD4GD. I am Jacob, and alongside me, as always, Tate. What's up? And Sage. Mm-hmm. How we doing today? Doing swell, as always. Good. I um I have watched an episode of whatchamacallit. Because um, you attack on Savaravita, Mirayega. Um, Sage and I watched the Super Bowl together. We uh, celebrated uh, renewal of vows from a couple of our friends on Sunday. Crazy move of them to have it on Super Bowl Sunday, but they're both in the Air National Guard, so they're not around very often. This was a weekend that they were able to do it. So big congratulations to Holly and Brandon Woldridge. Um, but so, yes, we watched the Super Bowl together. Um, Sage does not have to watch Smallville, unfortunately, for him and for hey. me. Because I, um, I now have to watch season one of Attack on Titan. I watched the first episode with Sage, uh, in his apartment Sunday night after the game. Um, it was okay. I, I, I didn't hate it, and I am close to saying I enjoyed the first episode. Have you watched any more? I have not. I've been much too busy trying to combo of work and Oscar, trying to get all my Oscar movies in. Attack on Titan is so sick. (laughs) <laughs> Tate, how far are you now? I, I just finished the first season, so I still need to start, start the second. Oh, you haven't even started season two yet? No, but it's so sick. It's so, so sick. Um, it's the most fucked up thing you'll ever see. It's the sickest show. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, love, I don't I like Titans. the Titans and their smiles. I love the Titans. smile. I hate it so much. I hate their the like their little teeth showing thing is just it's horrible. <laughs> so, so bad, and they're, they're so naked, crazy. and just ugh. oh, they're mm. so good. It's so um, bad. Anyways, I, I I also have we we need to make um, an apology out there to um, all Wes Anderson fanatics, and I would also like an apology from you two, at least from Tate, because Tate, is it fair that you claim that you're a Wes Anderson fan? Sure. I would like to take your Wes Anderson fan card away. Um, are you aware that Wes Anderson also makes short films to go along with a lot of his movies? Uh-uh. Well, he is. He does. And he did that with um, the Darjeeling Limited. Mm-hmm. He made a little short film in 2007 called Hotel Chevalier. Guess who it stars? Jason Natalie Schwartzman Portman. and Natalie Portman. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> so... There we go. I don't know how to watch this thing. I've kind of looked, and it looks like you can illegally watch it. Um, I kind of streaming. I I don't even know if you can really rent it. I I haven't like searched on Amazon Prime if you can rent it or not. But um, I think it comes with like the DVD, Blu-ray, 4K releases. I actually I don't know if uh, Darjeeling Limit is is released in 4K yet, but it at least came with the Blu-ray release. Um, I'd like to thank Michael Nip for calling us out on that and informing us that that is where the Natalie Portman cameo came from. We should get some more smarter people on this podcast. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> What's um, crazy is I actually talked to my neighbor about that. Uh, so I live in a duplex shared wall. Um, in the one of the last scenes when they're on the motorcycle or when they're on the scooters speeding to their mother, um, like two minutes later, I got a text from my neighbor and he was like, are you watching Darjeeling limited? No <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> and he's like, I didn't mean to be obtrusive and you're not like, I'm not, I didn't mean to be passive aggressive. You're not being too loud. I just, there's this one song that plays during when they're on the scooters going to see their mom. And he heard the song like through the wall and he was like, there's only one movie that has that song, <laughs> but we talked to it. Uh, then we talked about it the next day and we both liked the movie a lot. And he told me about the short film. Uh, and that's why Natalie Portman was, but I can't remember if 
I can't remember if they were just totally separate and they still flew her in to like bring her into the Darjeeling Limited because that clip wasn't actually in the short film. So I don't know. I don't remember all that. But she did fly in for 30 minutes of filming for Darjeeling Limited. So these were, I assuming, shot at different times or did they come out at like the same time? Pretty close. Yeah, they, I think they both came out in 2007, right? Yeah. Okay. Darjeeling Limited was 2007, so yeah. Wow, I want to see that. I love Natalie Portman, and I love a good short film that is attached to a big film. <laughs> um, a, a third announcement before we get to Tate's pick. Um, we are going to start doing a little spinoff of this show, if you will. Um, I watch a lot of movies um, outside of this podcast, and sometimes I have lots of thoughts on them, but maybe I've already watched it, or maybe I didn't think you two... Maybe I didn't think it would make like a good full length podcast. So what we are going to start doing and you two are, of course, uh, able to do this as well. But I think uh, at least it'll be mainly Tate and I. I don't foresee Sage doing this, Um, but we will be releasing every now and then mini episodes of the Good Day for a Movie podcast on whatever movie we want to. It's going to be pretty short. I'm not going to make any rules about any of this. I'm not going to say no rules, baby. Like, it'll be once a month. It'll be once a week. Who knows? Sometimes maybe you'll get two or three a week. Sometimes maybe you'll get one every two months, but that is my plan as of right now. I think I know the first movie I'm actually going to do. I watched it a couple, I guess it was last week that I watched it. Um, I'm not going to say what it is because just in case I don't do it, I don't <laughs> want to make any promises. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's that's kind of the plan. If if you think that sounds like a cool plan and you're super excited about us, let us know on social media. That'd be a cool thing to boost our egos like we need that I- anymore. Um, but I think that's enough rambling before we get into this movie pick, because it was quite the interesting movie pick. <laughs> wow, I can't wait to get into the other and side. We've seen it. We So we all have seen it. Um, I... So the movie that I picked was Red Rocket. It was the brand new film from 2021. Um, and it, little indie film. I honestly didn't really know much about it, but I just kept seeing a lot of ads about it, <clears throat> seeing a lot of things that it was winning awards and it was, um, I don't know, just like a stellar performances and stuff like that. So um, I really wanted to watch it. And it kind of just like, I don't know, something about the little trailer that I saw and the bye, bye, bye music made me really want to watch it. So I picked it, but um, as we'll get into on the other side, very interesting. But uh, stars Simon Rex um, mm-hmm. with God knows who the rest of the cast is. Um, directed by Sean Baker, who I guess I haven't seen any of his other movies, but his big ones are The Florida Project, Tangerine, um, Starlet. Starlet. Uh, so yeah, he's he is definitely a. I have not seen Snowbird. Um, oh, I guess that was a short, but. God, I could have sworn there was a movie called Snowbird too that he did. Um, anyways, he's kind of a big up and coming indie director. I've heard a lot about it. I've heard great things about Florida Project. Um, and Tangerine, I think, was that's the one that's shot all on iPhones, is what I've heard. Oh, so, like, the entire film is shot through an iPhone, um, which is crazy. But yeah, very, very indie guy. A24 distributed this movie. So, um, pumped about that. Yep. Um, Here's the synopsis. Mikey Saber is a washed up porn star who returns to his small Texas hometown. Not that anyone really wants him back. (laughs) Yep. And so with that. Yeah, we will see you on the other side. You said you're never going to step a foot in Texas again. I know this is unexpected. Nothing with you is unexpected. Your last job is over 17 years ago. That's quite a gap. Well, you know, I've worked almost every day for the last 17 years. I moved back in with my wife last week. No, I'm calling the cops. Four, nine, really? Eight. We decided to make a run of it. I just need a place to crash for a couple of days. What's the big deal? Mikey, go fuck yourself. All right, look, I'm going to be straight with you. I'm an adult film actor. Excuse me? So why are you back, Mr. Hollywood? Hey, Mikey, welcome back, dude. I'm on top of my game right now on like every single possible level. Physical stamina, my mind is sharp. I'm taking 5-HTP for serotonin in my brain. Yeah. 
something with my skill and ability, there's no denying what I can do. The universe is on my side, bro. Before long, it'll be like we're still married. We are still married. I'm doing this tonight. You're probably gonna start a fight. What's your name? Everybody calls me Strawberry. You're like an extraterrestrial around here. Don't fuck with me. Not. Where were you? This cute little town called None of Your Fucking Business, Texas. Hope you had a good fucking time. Now it's time to leave. I think it's cool. You just said, fuck it. I'm gonna get paid for doing the thing I love most. And as long as you're not hurting anybody, you can you, man. I'm not afraid to fight you. I don't give a f what the fuck? He sucker punched me. I would 100% out cardio that guy. Fuck. Sorry for swearing. The shit got out of control. I came this fucking close to getting shot. This fucking close. The dog's like, oh, he's a good man. I can tell by his nice energy. Your persona non grata. Life's sweet, Sophie. Life is sweet. I'm doing this tonight. You're probably gonna start a fight. Bye, 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 bye. <laughs> you had the tempo on that wrong. <laughs> I know. I know I did. I have no musical rhythm. <laughs> Pretty funny. None at all. Or a good voice. That's all right. I don't that's, have that's musical just, body, musical bone in my body does not exist. That's when you just play the actual music kind of in the background while you're singing. Yep. It probably sounds yep. better. So it seems like I, yep. that's, that was exactly my plan. Nice. Um, yeah. So, that's what I have to bring us in. We're um, in. This movie, uh, as, as we've said before, kids show. It's going to gonna be a tough one with this one, but uh, we are a kids show at not the end of the day. Show. And no, I put never the, been a kids show. I put the explicit tag on it every single time. Well, it's, it's we're a kids show. This one's gonna be tough. <laughs> this movie. This movie is penis. <laughs> penis. Wow. Talk about penis. You see a lot of penis. 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 Um, <laughs> this movie. I, I almost. I don't know if I want Sage to go first or not. I have my predictions about what you guys think of it, but um, I guess I can start. This movie made me very uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm not sure I liked it. Um, and yeah, very, very weird. That's my first reaction. Um, I'll, so bear with me on this little tangent. It's not really a tangent, but there's a lot of complaining about licorice pizza and the creepiness of a 25 year old girl. Yes. Trying approaching a 15 year old boy and them dating in the 15 year old boy trying to date her. And, and I've heard yeah, like, like if it was well, reversed, re reverse the thing, then it wouldn't even be allowed. Well, here we are. Um, it was reversed in times uh, like 10. Yeah. He's, what, 50? I don't even know if you can compare. It was reversed and it was on crack cocaine. Yeah. Um, I did not hate this movie. Whoa. I have never seen a thing that Simon Rex has ever been in, really. I know he's the M MTV guy. I know he was in the screen or the scary movies. Never seen a scary movie. Um. But a lot of people are saying, like, wow, this is amazing to see Simon Rex back. I guess he hasn't done anything in a long time. Um, and he was kind of in some, I think he went through some hardships of life and whatnot as well. Uh, and people were pretty excited to see him back. And uh, in my opinion, delivering a fantastic performance. Sage? I don't know what you want me to say. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, well, well, I guess to start, before you even go, I texted Jacob. So we, I, we watched these on different nights. I think I was the first one to watch it. I texted Jacob about 45 minutes in the film. I know exactly what point it was in the film when I texted him. And I said something like, Sage is going to hate this movie. He might turn it off halfway through. I didn't, but I looked at my phone for a solid, like, solid portion of it. I mean, it was, I don't know. I'm not going to have much input on this movie. It just, it had so many good time vibes. Just a shitty per a movie about a shitty person, except this one has zero character development. That's that's my summary of this movie, and my thoughts and opinions are that it's not a good movie and not worth watching. Did it make you and uncomfortable? I'm not surprised at all. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. 
I mean, so like this is spoilers. Anyone who's listening to this and hasn't seen this movie, I mean, it's basically like a 45, 50 year old convincing a 17 year old to be a porn star. Yeah, a 45 year old ex porn star. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 45 year old deadbeat shit person <laughs> convincing a 17 year old to be a porn star. Yeah. Granted, she seems pretty keen on it, which doesn't make it worse, but it doesn't make it better for the viewer. It was yeah, it, weird to watch. Um, one of my first notes on this movie was, um, well, my first note was love that it starts with, starts out with NSYNC because I hadn't seen the trailer. Um, and then my next note was weird flirting with the very young donut girl. Cause I didn't know where it was going. I didn't know that she was going to be like the, one of the main supporting characters. Um, but I would like to review or read this review from a guy named Sonny Bunch. Um, I think he, he kind of puts Sunny. what this movie is about very well. He said, this is a really wonderful look at how a sociopath agilely moves through society, changing norms and perceptions, just a hair here and there until all of a sudden you're ready to debase, debase yourself entirely for his benefit, potentially in the realm of one of the defining movies of our times. I don't know if this is a defining movie of our time, but yeah. I, I know the point that he is making and I don't disagree with it. Yeah. I think you can see the point, and I think because that that I think is the part of the film that I like the most is that he is um, just a shitty person, but he somehow like keeps on like just getting through life, like um, and keeps on convincing people to work with him or give him a shot or I don't know anything. I, basically, everyone in this movie he convinces to let him do his thing, even though they all know that it's going to end up pretty much in disappointment or like they're all going to be not happy with him. I don't know, but. Yeah, he's just so. I think that that's a pretty good synopsis of it. Um, I don't know if it, yeah, defining movie for our decade, I think, is a little strong, but on the right track. Yeah, well, I think what he means by that, not to get overly political here, but there's been a lot of talk in the last, I don't know, five years since 2016, I suppose, uh, a little after 2016, I guess, um, about needing to change the Overton window. For those that don't know what the Overton window is, it is the Overton window is what is considered acceptable topics of conversation, acceptable things to happen in society. Um, Over time, that window moves. At one point in time in our history, um, talking about sex was not within that Overton window. That has obviously been moved a fair amount where talking about sex is now looked at as as a super positive thing. Um, And I believe that that is the kind of the point that he's making about how when we first kind of meet this girl, she's not, she's not all about doing porn right away. It takes him putting in a lot of work and convincing her to do it. And so it's, he's kind of saying that this movie's is analogous to probably the Overton window shifting about sex and other societal norms and whatnot shifting over time. And especially in the last 10, 15 years. Yep. So she represents like um, the age group of society that is changing to accept yeah, these different norms. Yeah, okay, and, I kind of see. Oh, that. But and he's the one, like his character is the one hippies, that's ahead of the curve. The the, the the people that are grown ups now that grew up in the seventies and sixties. Yep, the ones that, that have, like are that did the work to shift this window. Yep, and now that it's kind of like later in their life, and this window is now more acceptable. Like they're yeah, that's kind of the way I like maybe yeah when he was younger. Okay, and, and so I like that, but um, and I, I think one of the other things. I can start off with that. I like, um, is the, um, I, I mean, like, I, hmm, I don't know how to frame this. So I, I like the, when, when they, when they first, when he first started hitting on her and I was like, I immediately was like, wow, I hate this. I was like, this makes me uncomfortable. I don't like seeing a 45 year old guy hit on a 17 year old girl and brag about how she's so hot and how she's 17 years old and how like all these things very uncomfortable. Didn't like it. When she kind of like, when you learn more about her and they seem like they're actually two peas in a pod, almost like they, they interact really well. They get along really well. Um, like sex is to them. Both of them is just like this fun activity that they'd love to do. Um, I don't know. They, you kind of at least get to see like a development of them. That's more, that more made me be like, okay, like, yep. Yeah. I mean, much bigger picture. It's still messed up to me. Um, uh, but the idea of like, age and um people can like be connected or 
by different things at different points in their life. All the, like love almost has no boundary kind of thing. Cause like part of me, when they were at the um, roller coaster and post roller coaster festival scenes, I was like, Oh, maybe they actually do like love each other. And then I kind of had to accept. It. I was like, if they love each other and they're doing nothing wrong and they're not, I think they said at one point in the movie, like, like the people in the porn industry get a bad rap um, for doing things that are like, because they enjoy them, not because, and they're doing no harm to anybody else. Um, that was like one line where I was kind of like, huh, I guess like then I shouldn't have anything against this relationship that they have because even though I don't like see it as a socially acceptable relationship, um, they're all they do is they love each other and that if they love each other, then I should, and they're not harming anybody else, then I should let them be. But that's kind of a big picture ideas that I had about this film. That was a little emotional, like roller coaster that I went through of, I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. Um, okay, maybe I should be easier on judging this relationship. Yeah. And so like, for me, I, I would say I, I was kind of the exact opposite when we first kind of see them interacting, it kind of gave me the heebie jeebies. And then I kind of thought about it. I was like, well, there's no way she's going to be 17 or like under 18. She's got to be over 18 and like maybe 19, 20. And then the more we learn and the, we learn that he he thinks that he that she is his ticket back into the porn industry and back into making money, and he's he he may have feelings for her, but that is his end goal with it. Um, and her being and he her being seventeen and him knowing that she's seventeen was really off putting. But I, I don't say that in meaning I think the movie's bad because I think the movie's trying to lead you that way where you're like oh like this isn't a good guy this it's the classic type of story whether it be like the sopranos where you're not supposed to root for tony soprano yes he's a charismatic kind of cool guy but he's deep down he does really bad things he kills people for money and he he's a fucking mob boss this guy's a porn guy which in itself isn't like an evil thing necessarily i don't think Porn is good for our society, but we don't have to get into that. Yep. Um, but it just it, him being an actor in porns doesn't mean he's intrinsically evil there, right? We see him do evil things, whether it be, um, I guess it's mainly just his relationship with the 17 year old. Well, in the car crash, the Lonnie. Oh, yeah, Lonnie. in the car crash. He, he I, I really completely so forgot lying to crash. his ex wife or his like legally, his legal wife. Yeah, I think he yeah. was a pretty there. Yeah, I think dealing drugs, dealing weed was like his more harmless thing. <laughs> it was the most harmless thing, but he still went behind his boss's back and lied about who he was selling to and was taking a cut. Yeah, yeah, but I, I see what you're saying. Like he's like the movie gives off the idea that he's not all that bad. Like, yeah, he maybe he like is a little selfish um, and but he's not like the worst guy in the world. I think that's kind of like the idea that they give off, especially at the beginning and kind of in the middle, but yeah, it really takes a turn when the car crash happens. Yeah. After the car crash, you're like, okay, no, this guy's a scumbag. Yeah. And you're like, fuck, you're supposed to get that. And you're not supposed to like him anymore. Yep. Um, yep. Yep. Completely agree. And I, I do, I did kind of forget that at the very end, he, and I think that they, I mean, think back, I think they do a good job of painting the picture of, you don't really know exactly where he's at, whether he is in love with this chick or whether he's just used purely using her to get back in the industry. I know he like said it several times or he's like, Oh, this is my ticket back. Um, but watching them interact, like I felt like they, they, I don't know. Character wise. I felt like they really did care for each other. Um, she cares for him. She cares think, for him. Yeah. And I, I, I kind of felt that she, so that did he cared Lex for her. or Lex or less or whatever his like wife was whatever her name was. Oh, yeah. Lexi. Lexi. And the mom is Lil. Lil. Lil was awesome. <laughs> but yeah. So I, I, I agree. I, I take back my statement earlier. Whole, like I'm not, I mean, I reel it back a little bit, not take it all back, but the part where he was purely in love with her and I can't judge their relationship because I forgot that he did have a little bit of selfish intention in, going back to LA with her. So yeah, I mean, I'm coming back to just, he's a scumbag, but you, but for the most part throughout the movie, you kind of like him. I don't know. He just, he's just as, 
He's a charismatic sociopathic scumbag. Yeah. I didn't like him. Oh, really? Much. Ever. I, I, would like ever. Hear, I would like to try to draw some thoughts out of yeah. you on this movie. Anything that we just said, anything out of that strikes you. It literally, like, my direct parallel to it is Good Time. Like, it's just because Good Time is the same, almost the same person, but in Good Time, a shittier person. In Good Time, a shittier person. No. Yes. Definitely. Speaking of Good Time, in Good Time, he made out with like a 14 year old. In Good Time, he made out with like a 14 year old and he robbed a bank and he basically was hanging out with crackheads and he was fucking over police officers. So, yeah, he was a shittier person. I think that he but, was. At, but. Yeah, but, you go ahead. Go ahead. He had a character development at the end. He actually rebounded and came back and did something to help his brother. This guy just came home or came over to this fresh 18 year old in a strawberry bikini and was like, got my ticket back in the business, baby. Like, so if I'm drawing like it, I do well making comparisons because it at least gives me some grounding to make a judgment of how I feel about something. And my direct comparison for this one is good time. And with good time, I at least can appreciate how shitty he was because he had a sense of character development at the end. This guy, like most of the time, like an example of why I didn't like him was pretty much any second he spent with Lonnie. Every second he spent with Lonnie, the conversation was 100% about how he was in the porn industry, how he was like the head honcho, how he had mansions, how he had chicks banging him all the time and all this. Lonnie like never said, and you could see it kind of on Lonnie too. And then Lonnie gets in the car accident and then all that shit happened. I mean, I just, there was no point in the movie where I was rooting for him or where, I just had, I just was waiting for him to get fucked over at the end of the movie. And then he like barely got like, just the woman said, get out of Texas city and don't come back. He's like, yeah, I, that is perfectly okay with me. This place is shit. I don't want to come back here. And then he leaves with this 18 year old hottie to go do porn and get back into the game. To me, he was fucked over. There's, there's, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I there's nothing. There's nothing. Like, I, there's nothing to give with the character. He's a shit character. Like, well, yeah, he's a shit character, and the character is shit. It's Ooh, I, <laughs> like shit character as in bad movie, or he's a shitty person? Both. I think it's both. Mostly, it's primarily because I don't think it gives much. I th- You could say it gives a glimpse into a sociopath, and that's probably fine, but that doesn't make it a good movie. That's kind of when Tate was saying, well, melancholy is about depression. Well, that doesn't make melancholy a good movie. Like, yeah, I can give you a glimpse into it can give you a glimpse into a like a psychopathic person or a sociopathic person. But if there's no decent story behind it or decent story to support it, then you might as well have just made a documentary about sociopaths. That probably would be a better movie. So there's a lot in there. We gotta <laughs> either attack or let be. But um First off, I got it. Yeah, okay. Well, I'll, I'll pick and choose. Um, I think Good Time is a fair comparison as far as like similar movies because I think like it's, it's about two guys that are kind of dodging the law or um, getting away with shady shit. And, but I think intention wise, they are very different. I think like Good Time, he was, his whole intention was taking care of his younger brother for the entire movie. Um, and he was being, I think he would be selfish to do that or like in selfish in some ways for him and his brother, but his intentions to me were much better and more pure than this guy, Simon Rex and Simon Rex's character, I think was purely selfish just for himself. Didn't care for much for anybody else. I, I still think he cared a little bit for the girl, but he didn't not a lot. Um, then the other part was, is that I, I do. So I, I agree with you that he's a shitty person, but I think he's a great character. Um, and I think it's awesome. And I like, I think going to what you said about melancholia or about any of these movies that are show just a different side than maybe a typical movie or a typical story does. I think that it's, I, I mean, I really enjoy it. I don't know if you, I think it's totally, um, 
by opinion and by person, but I really enjoy seeing certain characters like this and uh, deal with like that are very different um, than other things I've ever seen just to get like more perspective. But yeah, so I don't know if I'm attacking you at all, but I'm just responding. Yeah, I guess my, my biggest disagreement is that just because he's a shitty, I, I don't think he's a shitty character in terms of we need to figure out a better term for like, Oh, I hated this character compared to I hated that this character was like in the movie. I can't even describe, but you know what I'm talking about. Yes, like, yeah. Yeah. I could, I could because, offer something quickly if you want, but you can finish your sentence too. Yeah. Well, it, 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 I guess it's the example I used last time we had this discussion about Joffrey. Joffrey was a very hateable character and that was on purpose. And that made when he was in game of Thrones really good. Um, and I would argue, in my opinion, he was, uh, it was the perfect amount of like hateable and charismatic type of thing going on that Simon Rex had, that Mikey had, that made me like him. Or not, made, not I'm sorry, not made me like him, but made me like the movie and kind of like yep. what the movie was doing. Yep. yep. So how, yeah, I would say like a, a bad character versus like a shit person who is a good character the difference is like what does the character have to offer to the story because in the case of joffrey or the bastard oh john snow the other bastard oh ramsey ramsey like joffrey or ramsey i thought you were calling us bastards no the bat yeah <laughs> i can't believe i forgot his name he ramsey was even worse than joffrey to me i they had something to offer to the story where they were like the challenge to beat. And you could say that Joffrey represented fashion and imperial, blah, blah, blah. And then Ramsey, blah, blah, blah. But like it at least offered uh, kind of a gate or a goal or a hill to climb for the story. Whereas this guy, like he was the story. So if you take that into context, it should have been an anti-hero story. And if he's if it's an anti-hero story, then his kind of goal or his kind of um, mountain the to end climb, of his character arc isn't the end of his character arc would have been the opposite. Would have been kind of like climbing over a protagonist or and like see, a, I I completely disagree because I don't like anti-hero movies more or less. Like some of them are, are, are fine, but I like especially if we're talking superhero genre, like whether it be the Joker. Or there's other movies that have been in development and whatnot about villains and making the villain the main focus of like the story. I don't like be, my problem with those. You can do them, but don't make us feel bad for the villain. Make us hate the villain. You yeah. know what I mean? I totally agree. I think it's really, really hard to make a good anti-hero story. Like, yeah, but see, anti-hero isn't or uh, like a bad guy story. Yeah, yeah. like anti-hero is somebody like the Punisher, which I don't know anything about, but or somebody like no, Boba no, no. Fett, like um, an antagonist story. Yeah, it's really, really hard, it's hard to, to make, make a good antagonist, antagonist the, story. Yep. And I'm gonna just delve into anime quickly because after watching Attack on Titan, I watched another uh, highly acclaimed one. It's like they say it's one of the really big ones that made anime actually popular death note. Anyone who's ever watched it will know it is probably the best antagonist story I've ever watched because I mean, it just does it perfectly because it takes like the hero's journey flipped like that villain's journey. Hmm. And it, they, the way they do it is almost perfect to the way a hero's journey, which we're used to. So going back to this movie, if you were to look at it as, okay, so this is a movie about a protagonist, it should be like a villain's journey. It should be um, him overcoming the good in the world or whatever to get what he wanted because he's a sociopath and he's kind of crazy and he's doing kind of messed up things and he's just a shit person and hurting the people around him. I mean, he gives off this attitude like he should if he wins or if he accomplishes his journey, I, I think I, I'm having a hard time finishing this thought, but he doesn't do it. 
and it's and the whole story is completely watered down and there's not really like for me it's just basically watching a pretty bad person not really do much with his life and just be shitty to other people and then it ends exactly yep i so that entire time i was thinking um i don't see him cuz i cuz i think i had a tough time with this anti villain term and um i think i don't i don't see him as like a protagonist or an antagonist role um in any story I just kind of see him as a scumbag of the earth that skates by in a shithole town. Um, And like, he's just a cockroach. That's just a charismatic cockroach that just goes about his day trying to stay above water, trying to stay afloat um, and doing whatever he can to stay afloat. And it's like, I mean, in a, in a similar sense, like I was just thinking weirdly about like always sunny in Philadelphia, like they are shit people and they do shit things, but they're really funny about it. Um, But they're like not good people. Um, but they're just, they're also like, kind of like that, like, like, I don't know. They're just like shitty people that run a bar, do shitty things. Um, but you don't root for them, but you laugh out loud because everything they do is stupid as shit. Yeah. It makes it funny and it makes you like kind of root against them, but root for them at the same time. So, so this was kind of in that same vein of like, I think he, you don't really root. I don't know if I would say, like, I, I never rooted for him, and I don't think I was rooting ever against him until the car crash scene where he, like, they killed many people. And I was just like, oh, that is way more serious than anything else he's ever done. Um, he shouldn't he shouldn't be skating by anymore. Um, and in the end, I think he did get pretty fucked over when they stole all of his money and he didn't have, like, literally anything to do. And I think that was the end of his path. I think that that, that was, was an awesome, confusing scene. The Where they, they came in, they took all of his money? Yeah, like it, the music's kind of swelling, and the mom and daughter like outside smoking a cigarette, looking at each other, like, "Yep, let's do this." And I was like, "What? Are, what is happening? Are they about to like light the house on fire?" Yeah, I was, I was confused, so confused by it, but then I'm glad and that then the screen just goes blank, and then we wake up, we come back to him waking up with the yep three weed people, <laughs> weed people. <laughs> but yeah, so I, like I don't think that he necessarily needs an arc story i think it's just everything about him is just trying to trying to stay float instead of drowning and in this shitty shitty pond in this shitty place and he's a shitty person and it's just like nobody nobody should care really for him um but he's just trying to stay alive it just makes it not interesting it's like yeah and i think that's fine it's stagnant water it's like a stagnant pond yeah, it's just boring, <laughs> disturbingly looking, smelly, stagnant pond in yeah. the middle of Texas. Carp, carper in it, eating sh- poop, and shit, <laughs> and then eating each other's. Yeah, shit he's like a carp that's trying to it. stay alive in a yeah. shitty pond. <laughs> and he's he's trying to figure out. He's a carp that used to be like an eagle in his mind. Yeah, but really, he was like a like a crow, or a, a, well, we're mixing I, analogies say now. A crow. He he was a carp that used to be a crow but then became a carp again. Whoa. And the carp is trying to figure out how to become that crow again. Sounds like a children's story. Mm-hmm. We could make this a spin-off children's story. Kids show. Um, <laughs> so going off of kind of character stuff, I did see that. So the, the director Baker and this other guy, Burgoch, Burgoch. That just can't be right. No, it's not. Um, Burgoch. You're right. That is, I don't know how to say that. Conceived the idea for Mike Saber's character uh, while researching the adult film industry for their film Starlet in 2012. Um, And during which they met a number of men who fit the archetype of a suitcase pimp, which Jacob, if you want to urban dictionary that really quickly, I did urban dictionary it when I was watching the movie um, when they said it. Because I was like, what the fuck's a suitcase pimp? And kids show, but... In the porn industry, a suitcase pimp is an unemployed boyfriend husband of a porn star who takes care of the details of the star's personal and or business affairs. Wow, that was Yeah. That's that is quite the insult because yeah. in his mind he made her, in her mind he made she made him. It all goes back to like those like when she asked about like the awards for like best oral kids show mm-hmm. and um he was just like, "Oh, the guys deserve it." It's like that, like that's his, that's how he sees it is he's just like, oh, I'm awesome. And then when they called her, him a suitcase pimp, um, that's like the biggest diss for anybody probably that's like a, some, like a, somebody in the porn industry that thinks they're doing, that thinks they're like a famous adult actor. 
Anywho, so they um, said that they... Real quick, be, because we mentioned Oral, I have to play the clip that Sage sent us. My uh, wife went into a coma. Oh, sorry to hear that. And uh, the doctor said uh, to me, there's one way to wake her up, but it's a little unconventional. You go in there and you have oral sex with her. I said, by God. <laughs> he says, I've seen it work. I said, well, I'm willing to try. <laughs> so I go in there. I'm in there about five minutes and I come out. I said, Doc, she's choking. <laughs> that that deserves an award. His I died on my so couch good. when he sent that last night. I was laughing yeah. so hard. Yeah, I laughed pretty hard when I saw it. <laughs> Norm. He's, he's got a funny, I figured you funny would like voice. It. Yeah. Um, Anyways, I'm sorry. So, Continue oh, yeah. with so they so they came up with this idea of this story um, when they actually met um, people in the porn industry as like that are suitcase pimps, um, and so anywho, so I think that like that's a great synopsis of kind of his character is that he is just kind of like a suitcase pimp, like he, he has this huge high ego about who he is and um, what his what he's done. Did you just read the... I know exactly what you just read. <laughs> it's, de- it's bad. We're not... We're not... We're, no, we're not... Yes, we are. I have to. No. How can I not? Kids show. Dude, come on. Oh, it's God. not a kids show. It's, it's bad. It's a parents show. I apologize to the parents listening, but I have to. It's it's Tate's fault, inevitably, because yes, it shows this I movie. Have to. So we will say everything, and it's Tate's fault. Wow. Jenna Jameson's suitcase pimp bought her an iced caramel macchiato and wiped the cum off her face after her scene was finished. <laughs> Dark. <laughs> you don't want to be a suitcase pimp. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I know ex- when I saw your face, because I remember I read that yesterday, and I was just like, oh my God. I close off this page <laughs> right now. So, um... Anywho, kids show. This was. <laughs> um, I think this that's... is the worst kids show ever made. <laughs> um. <laughs> Holy shit! Anywho, he's a he's a pretty like I mean, as far as like they're going for a character of a suitcase pimp and a story based around some of the people that they met in real life, they fucking nailed this on the head. Like it is, it is a really good movie with that perspective in mind. Um, and the only other cool thing, well, so I guess. There's a couple other cool things that I saw about this film um, that I do really like. Um, regarding the casting, it says that the director had Simon Rex in mind five years prior to shooting, uh, but he never introduced himself until Simon to, or to Simon Rex until 2020, October, um, when Baker called Rex and convinced him to send an audition tape via iPhone, giving him just five minutes to prepare. Baker Did he show him his dick. <laughs> Baker chose Rex. Kids show. Um, Baker chose Rex, who then drove to Texas to avoid post-flight quarantine, um, as filming was set to begin three days after. David Rooney, um, wait, oh, David Rooney was a writer for the Hollywood Reporter. Referred to the casting of Rex as a winking joke. Um, because Rex starred in a solo masturbation video for a gay pornography company before establishing himself in his career. So this was way back in his... Mm. So, he didn't need to shove his dick. So yeah, he, he, had, already, he had already seen it, and he had already had and him also, in mind. Um, I don't know if this, is, if this is on there, what you're reading off of, but Simon Rex's agent didn't even know about it until like after he got to Texas. Correct. He, um, Sean Baker told him not to tell his agent and to trust him um, and then after they had done pretty much all the shooting or at least like a lot of it, then he, then his agent found out, um, which is crazy. Big baller stuff right there. <laughs> it's from crazy stuff from all, from all of the parties above. Yeah. Um, Baker approached Susanna's son. Oh wait, no, no, that's not the party I want. Hot. So, um, Darbone, which was, uh, Lonnie was a waiter at a restaurant in Nederland, Texas, when Baker approached him because he liked his look. So he has never starred in anything. And this was his first thing. And he just approached him because he was like, you look perfect for this role of a Lonnie character. Rodriguez, um, who had been a regular at the donut hole location, which was near the plant she worked before was laid off, was walking her dog when Baker pulled over to ask her to audition. 
and she was the drug dealer June. So June and Lonnie, not actors, just people in Texas that he that's picked cool. off the street and just said, "Hey, do this, or you're perfect for it." So I think that that's th- those are two of my favorite things that I read about this film. Though that that is cool. Yeah, that's that bonus points. And like oh, thinking damn. about it, like they totally were real. Like I believed them. Dude, I think the so the mom Lil played by Brenda Deese, she died two days ago. Oh, well, in the movie she did not look good, but I think that that was just she, a character. She died February fourteenth, twenty twenty two. Oh damn! According to IMDb, and she only had one role as well, and that was in Red Rocket. Wow! So she must have also been like a similar. I guess. Holy shit! She did not look healthy. She did not look good. No. Damn! I was just gonna say she only had one role, and then I saw that she died and then I looked at it closer and I was like, Oh my God, she just died. That's sad. Yeah. That's very sad from variety. Brenda Deese, Texas woman who became unlikely movie star in red rocket dies at 60. Uh, she suffered a stroke in January. Damn. That's that must be another person that he just pulled off the streets from somewhere. Uh, Deese came to acting late in life in 2022. Writer director, Sean Baker was scouting locations for a new film about a downtrodden porn star that would be shot in the area of Texas city when he had a chance to encounter with dice. Uh, after meeting her Baker, who often recasts cast first time actors in movies such as Tangerine and Florida project was convinced that she was perfect to play a pivotal supporting role in the new film. Um, so this is a lot of say where Sorry. they met, but so this is, I mean, this does feel a lot like good time. Those guys too. When they were, we talked about street casting, and the only other thing that I had that was cool about this is that the donut shop that a lot of it was filmed at um, is an actual donut shop that um, was operational during this entire filming. And they said that the donut shop was open during the morning and then they would do all the filming at night. Um, and I don't know if you guys watched all the credits, but at the very end, they give a big thank you to the donut shop employees and owner. Um, hmm. So, yeah, I think that's all kind of cool. And they the had casting to get, is particularly cool. They had to get all five members of NSYNC to approve the use for Bye Bye Bye. Yeah, I was going to say that had to be like a third of their budget. In particular, because it was pretty much the only, that was their yeah. score. It was Bye Bye Bye. But that was like, the occasional yeah, piano key. It was so good. It was a perfect, um, perfect song for it. It was not. I, I also liked the inclusion of like the news broadcasts of like, okay, this takes place in 2016, obviously. Um, with both Trump and Hillary yeah. talking. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And there, I was like, "Good way to set the time." Yeah. <laughs> Small town Texas. Um, I don't know if I have anything else. That was I my real note was. on that was I love to see my boy Donnie on the screen for whatever the reason may be. Oh God, Nash and his parents beating the shit out of Mikey was very funny. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> that was just so random. Yep. I yeah. Wow. I loved that. That was probably the best thing that happened to him other than getting fucked at the very end too. But, um, Oh, th- so that's the only other thing that I kind of wanted to say before we wrap it all up is as much as I didn't really like love the film too much. Um, I, I do think that Simon Rex was fucking perfect for it. And like when you said earlier, like his acting, he was phenomenal. I mean, I don't, I don't, I haven't seen, I think I've seen one or two of the scary movies. Um, and I knew his face, but, I really didn't like, I couldn't, I can't judge any of his like acting. I feel like other than this now. And he was really fucking good. I can totally see why Sean Baker had him pinned for this role. Um, he was, he was perfect. Just not sure. I like the story. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think I really liked this movie. Not like really, really liked like that. It was a great movie, but I, I don't know. It captivated me. Like I, at the beginning, I certainly was looking at my phone a little bit, but about halfway through, I checked the time when we had an hour left. And at, after that time, I didn't look at my phone again, really. So, which is always kind of my benchmark on whether or not I enjoyed a movie when I'm watching it by myself. I was the opposite. It had my full, I usually don't look at my phone while watching movies and I, it lost my attention pretty much halfway through. It kept my attention pretty good for the whole time. Um, I think the only time when I started to lose it a little bit was maybe in the middle, but when the car crash happened, it definitely grabbed it right back. Still, still surprised Lonnie actually stood his ground on packing him up on that. I really thought Lonnie was going to fuck him over. 
Lonnie should have fucked him over, even Lonnie though it was. Definitely... But it was all yeah. Lonnie's fault. It was still Lonnie's fault. Yeah, but still Lonnie's yeah, fault. Like, I mean, he's he's the driver. It he was still. I don't think if you would have thrown Mikey under the bus, anything would have changed in Lonnie's life. Yeah, like it's not like he was a uh, like underling in the mob where if he flipped they get somebody bigger if he flips they're like so you're telling me the guy in your passenger seat said to take this exit and you took that exit that's still on you bro yeah yeah but i just yeah i i thought that there was going to be some sort of police interaction with mikey but i actually thought it was going to come when he was celebrating and the dad was watching i thought the dad was going to go and be like it was this guy yeah, right when he was thought he was off the hook is when I thought they were going to hit you with it. But yeah. instead, uh, they just hit you with something else, which is even more real life for him, which was the drug dealers stealing all of his money. That wasn't even really his. And was just barely affected him. No, I mean, it totally, yeah. I mean, it fucked up his plans. Not really. He though. thought he was in the clear. He had his three grand. He was going to head to LA and with his girl. And then now he, he got had 200 barely bucks, enough money. enough for bus tickets to get to LA. I think they said that they have enough for one bus ticket. I think that's why he got kind of fucked. I th- in, in my head, the way the movie ended is not positive for him. He didn't get off the hook, and that he they gave him enough money for one bus ticket. And this is funny. I, when I he showed up to happened. her house, he was like almost like going to get screwed over by her because he was like, I don't have anything. I, uh, I, I thought this was going to happen earlier, but I think it's happening now. Sage disagrees with you and thinks it's all going to work out. Yes, I know. Which is... No, 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 no. I just think it's super neutral. Oh. Earlier, it sounded like you were thinking that he was going to go off off in the the sunset. Well, I mean, I think it's probably going to work out for him, yeah. Oh, see, wow, your your positive outlook for this one? No, but it's not a positive outlook because it's a bad guy. So it's our optimism is saying, nope, he's going to fail because the world is just. Why would you think that it wouldn't work out for him? They did the whole like strawberry in the doorway scene. Like, yeah, to me, that was him showing up at like the maker's door where he was finally the last straw was going to get pulled from him. Um, he lost he, he lost all of his money. He, did, he didn't like everything that he promised her. He didn't have. And I think that's where she was going to be like, OK, fuck you. You're not. I'm not going. But we to didn't with see you. that. I know. That's what I'm saying. That's how so I you're saw making it. it up. Yeah. And you're Granted, making you're up, making you're it, making up, it up that he went to L.A. with her. It ends with just a hot, sexy scene of s- strawberry, just like in strawberry bikini. And what do you think and was going to happen if when he told her that he had enough that money for one bus? To ticket? me, that it's all going to work out. Oh my gosh, you're insane! And and Eternal Sunshine was a negative. That is so crazy. That you're you would crazy. Think that, that last scene implies that anything. It doesn't imply anything. No. Okay, let's get that across quickly. Yeah, it doesn't imply anything. It it doesn't imply a goddamn thing because we have no idea what the fuck happens after he shows up to the house. Exactly. They completely distract us with an 18-year-old just stripping in a strawberry bikini. What they did tell us, though... figure out how old she actually was, by the way. What they did tell us, though, is that he Because that would have made me felt more comfortable about the movie, but I could not figure it out. No, she, she's, she's definitely she's like mid-20s. Because yeah. it's illegal for her not to be. She's yeah. definitely like mid-20s. But they gave, they said, they're like, you have, here's enough money for one bus ticket. And to me, that's enough for them to be like, he got fucked. And You're he, ignoring the fact that Jacob and I had talked about that she much more clearly had feelings towards him. And he basically had zero feelings towards her. So you have to consider the fact that she would be okay with that. Because she would be with him, and then she would try and cover the other cash for her bus ticket. See, you, oh my gosh, you're such a weirdly optimistic man about this ending. There is no it's implication pessimism. that it didn't work out. It's there's no there's logic and no implication that it didn't work out. There's so much, and there's so much. There's, there's just it's so funny. I think it's just I'm not. I can't argue about it with you because it's just so funny how you are so optimistic <laughs> about his future and not Jim Carrey's. You haven't given me a single point that refutes. That I just def- that refutes the fact that I could be right, and that defends the fact that you could be right. Your whole point is that she likes him, and that's all you're basing it off of. No. Yes. No. Yeah, that w- that's what that's you just not said. All I'm basing it off of that is a point. You're saying that she ran off with him, even though he had nothing to his name, because it's more she likely liked him. than not that she ran off with him. To okay, LA. more likely or not. I, I agree. I, I think I think she ran off with him to L.A. 
but I think she probably got a little bit miffed uh, right when he walked up and was like, I only actually have $200. Yes. I just but I think jump. she was probably okay with it. And, it's and more he was able to not. talk his way out of it. Oh, yes. See, I, I see him as that was the point where he was done being able to talk his way out of anything. And that's where you're wrong and dumb. <laughs> well, <laughs> you're no, weirdly I'm not optimistic any for this of that guy. because we don't know. This is all just opinion. But that can... is way less likely than we. <laughs> no, I can see, I can, I can oh see it gosh. going that way too. I don't, I don't, think that's a good ending i don't think i think that's a good ending because otherwise he's happy and he's gets what he wants and i don't want that where is there an implication of that at the end of the movie i'm just like it's, i'm so confused because you're say you're rooting against him the whole time but then at the very end when you have your chance to like you're not answering your own the ending, question what you where say? is the where is there an implication at the end of the movie that he's gonna get fucked over besides because the he fact got, that because everything was all, starting to fuck over him in his life he was getting away yeah, with the weed. He was getting away with the money. He got to her house. Where from and there then, on? And from right there, when he walks up to the door, and he sees her in the doorway, and he even doesn't look too excited. He's just like, fuck, I got to tell her that I don't have anything that I just said. So he doesn't even look too excited. And so He's then, like smiling in an awe, and then it turns to us, what? No. So, okay, let me let me go. She, I The way I see it is that he walks up to the door, and he's like, tries to talk his way out of it like he does everything. And he's like, hey, babe, by the way, I don't have the three, I don't have the money that I said I did. I don't have this that I said I did. I don't have it. And basically she's going to see through him and be like, oh, he never had anything that he said he did. And why should I go to LA with him? He's just, he's literally just a scumbag. And he is- You made 100% of that up. And there is no no inclination for us to believe that that would happen. Sure. And I also, you have no reason, I have no reason to believe anything about what you think will happen um no because the whole movie was about him getting by and being able to swindle his way through yes up until the last five minutes of the movie everything was crashing down for him Mm, okay no he had plenty of money he had 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 200 dollars and the shirt on his back yours is 100 percent fiction and mine is based on 100 little fact fact <laughs> I at least have a little bit of fact to base my. You have literally I would no say fact. Tate made a good argument there, except that it was totally in his brain, and he totally forgot. No, what happened fact. in the movie? They jumped him and took all of his money. They didn't literally take all everything. His money. Yeah, they did, except for two hundred dollars. Uh, literally yeah. enough for one bus ticket, and he had to walk to her house with enough money for one bus ticket. Yeah, Jesus, uh, you're just what? Impossible. He's gonna be fine. He's going to be fine oh regardless. Gosh, you're so great. You're, I can't believe you have this optimistic viewpoint for a psychopath porn. Let's see I'm not rooting for him. I'm not, really I don't are. think he's going to be fine. You think he's going like, to ride into the sunset with his girl to LA? This is it's so crazy. I know. fucking crazy. Yeah. Your brain is so demented. I think that so the crazy. most interesting thing is that Sage is optimistic for the the... Um, pedophile. I think the most interesting thing is that I'm arguing with someone who gave melancholia in 95. I think that is the root of All right, this is your problem. This. Around the horn, point sage. Thank you. You're demented. But your also point sage for, his, don't know for his point. Minus one point for sage not listening. What was his point? That he was getting his comeuppance. Towards the end of the movie, and so you would. But think it wasn't the, really a comeuppance. Well, the rock. If it was really a comeuppance, they would have kicked him on the curb naked, and then he would have get Paul called like pulled over by the cops and arrested for being naked in the streets. But they were like, "You're good. Don't come back. Here's some money to make sure you get out of here and never come back. But we're gonna make sure that you can at least get out of here. So here's some cash. So get out of here, please." I just see her as smarter than a doorknob. And I see her as smarter than being able to see through his... Yeah, well, she fucked him about 10 times in the movie, so... Well, and that's when she thought that he lived at this really nice house, and she thought that he was a big-time porn star. She had all these... she figured it out. Until she figured it out, exactly. And she didn't figure it out yet. And she continued to fuck him. No, she didn't figure it out. She never (laughs) figured it out. All right. She never... We're just going in circles here. No, Sage just brought up a good point. She never knew that he wasn't a big-time porn star and that he didn't live in that big, fancy house. The entire movie, even when the the person, when she dropped, every time she dropped him off, remember, because the one time that he couldn't go back to the big fancy house, he was like, oh, I've just got to get some milk. Don't worry. You don't have to drop me off. She never thought that he was a total low life scumbag and still dated him. She did it only purely because she was thought he was a successful porn star and had this big, had, had a ton of money and was ready to take her back. 
the minute she finds out that mm-hmm. he was low life and had 200 bucks to his name, no, she was going to leave him said, at the door. Why, I figured out that you were an ex-porn star and that you were yes. selling weed to high schoolers and hard hats. You're probably not very well off. And he was like, yeah, I'm not. And he kind of confessed. They Point didn't. Sage. They didn't have that Thank conversation you. of that he's they literally poor. One hundred percent had that conversation. No, they had the conversation In that the he's a porn hole. star. No, they had that. Com- Why are you an ex beat or an ex porn star selling weed to high schoolers in Texas City? They had that conversation. All right. Should we get to some scores from the aggregators? A seven point two out of ten on IMDb. A seventy five out of hundred on Metacritic. An eighty eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Sage, do you have a score for me? I'm going to actually, I was going to go to 45, but I'm going to give it like a 10 or nine point bump for the respect for the casting. So I'll give it a 54 out of a hundred. Okay. Outside of that. Yeah. It's not a great movie. It's not even a good movie. Um, I disagree. I like this movie a lot. I think this is a good movie. It doesn't, it does not creep into my top 10, but it's really close I am giving this movie an 85. Wow. That's surprising. It was, it was all it truthfully 80% of that is all Simon Rex. I thought he was that good and a snub at the Oscars. That's the other reason why I wanted to watch this was because I was wondering if it was going to be a snub situation, um, which I don't think it's a snub for many things other than Simon Rex. Mm -hmm. I think actually my, Talking about it and thinking back to it more, my score has gone up because there's just a. I mean, Simon Rex is just really good in it. I love the casting quirks. I love the like the backstory behind it. So all of that, I really liked the movie itself. I think initially when watching, I didn't fully enjoy. So I'm just gonna go with like a 65. Wow. All right, that is going to be an average score of 68 for this movie. Um, if you would like to get into con- in contact with us, you can email us at gd4ampodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at gd4gd.movies, or you can follow us on Twitter at gd4gd underscore movies. Um, let's see. Oh, that's the other stuff. Um, be- before we get to the review stuff, um, be, look- be on the lookout for a link to our Oscars um, competition. Um, what, what, what do you call it? Prediction, yes. Our Oscar predictions, you get to win free stuff. That episode will be recorded live on YouTube on March 2nd. Um, So get excited for that as well. Set your reminders now. Go subscribe to our YouTube page and ring that bell so you get notified when we go live. We go live for every single guest episode as well as any other special episodes we may be doing. Who knows? I may even go live for my mini episodes. We do? I may. We do what? We go live for all of our guest episodes? Since we've had a YouTube, yeah. Whoa. We've only had like two or three guest episodes since we've had a YouTube. I guess that makes sense. Um, If you listen on Spotify, go ahead and give us just a five-star rating on there. It's super easy to do when you hit play on our episode. There's going to be a little star, and I think it says rating thing. And just go ahead and hit hit five stars out of there, because that's what we deserve, I think. Um... Also, if you listen on Apple Podcasts or even just have an Apple account, uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and uh, make it five stars and write something. Write something, because that does more for us than just the five stars. If you don't do those things, then I'm going to send some drug dudes to your house to steal all your money. I'm going to make you watch this movie, I guess. I don't know. So you're just going to let you run off into the sunset and have everything be jolly. (laughs) I'm going to make Sage run naked by your house. Oh, damn. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we'll catch you next week at the movies. Here, I don't give a damn. A mechanic can be a panic with just a good looking man. He's looking at you, kid. And any bar may be right here.
terrific if you're equal. The uh, perfect dreams are made of. To me, be simple is equally understood. Go out and Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Everybody, we're all gonna get late! Yeah.